Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Hey Christchurch London, today we are continuing our teaching series called The Spirit-Filled Life, looking at the breadth of scripture and how the Spirit of God is shaping, restoring and empowering his people to be a blessing to the world. And you cannot do a series like this without talking about creativity. And if you're an artist, whether that's a musician, a writer, a visual artist or an architect, or anyone with a calling to create, my hope is that you will resonate with this message and be encouraged today. Over the Christmas break, Dee and I watched the Pixar movie Soul. The film centres around the life of jazz musician and teacher Joe Gardner, who, after getting his big break, falls down a manhole. It's very unfortunate. Now, on the verge of death, his soul finds itself in what's called the great beyond. And the film is all about Joe trying to get back to his body in order for him to fulfil what he thinks his purpose is, being a successful jazz musician. Now, I'll try not to spoil the film for you, but there's a scene near the end where Joe has this moment of realisation. An epiphany. He sits at his piano and begins to play this beautiful music. And while he's playing, we see memories of his life, riding on a bike as a child, listening to jazz music with his late father, watching a student fall in love with music for the first time, sitting on a train whilst watching the sun rise over the city that he loves, all interspersed with shots of Joe playing the piano in tears as he realises through the moments, the ordinary moments and ordinary relationships in his life, how rich it has been. Now this, this sequence is about three minutes long, but I sat there completely absorbed. It was moving me to reflect on my own life, on the ordinary yet rich moments that have made up the whole of my life. And one critic tweeted, don't mind me, just rethinking my whole life after watching Soul. Creativity and great art can do that. Yes, I think Pixar makes great art, by the way. It can unexpectedly stir our imagination in a way that few other things can. Now, you, have had, you may have had uh, similar experiences either through film or music, art, photography, literature, or architecture, or any of the other many creative ways humanity expresses itself. Creativity is a human gift that runs throughout all of history and all of culture. Last week, Joe taught us that the first person recorded in scripture to be filled with God's spirit was Joseph. But the second person found in Exodus 31 was an artist. And in the passage we'll read in a moment, Moses and the Israelites have been freed from their enslavement in Egypt. And with God's leading, they're figuring out how to be a new community with a new way of life as he leads them to the promised land. And Moses gets this commission from God to build a tent to build the tabernacle. And the purpose for the tabernacle was this. It was to be the sanctuary, the place for God to dwell with humanity. Now let's pick up the story in Exodus 31 and we'll read uh, verses one to 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him with the spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs, for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. 
Moreover, I've appointed Ahiliab, son of Ahizimach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I've given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Here God sets out one of the first ever creative briefs. And before we get to Bazzalo, the artist himself, let's focus on the project that he's been commissioned to complete. Now this idea that God wanted to, to dwell with his creation, it, it wasn't a new one. It was his intention from the very beginning that he would be with his creation. He would be with humanity. We read in Genesis of Eden, this garden where God and humanity were united in love, trust and relationship. God's creation was made from love for love, where humanity knew and found its rest, its peace and its flourishing within that union, in loving God and being loved by him. But we also read in Genesis of the separation of that union. Through the story of Adam and Eve, we see humanity's turning away from God listening to the lie that God was holding out on them, forgetting that they were, they were made in his image, they were made in his likeness, with a commission to cultivate the world and to rule. Through their actions, they and humanity received the consequences, separation from God, but not eternal separation. Even in that moment, in that moment in the garden, we see God's grace, we see his mercy and we see his love displayed. When Adam and Eve, when they've realised what they had done and had this, this feeling, these feelings they have for the first time of, of guilt and of shame, they covered themselves with fig leaves. Now, it was essentially a physical representation of what they had felt in their heart. But before God uh, removes them from the garden, he swaps their fig leaves for leather, more durable, warmer and safer. The first indication that God wasn't to give up, wasn't going to give up on his creation and his love and his desire for them and for us hadn't changed. And we see this play out in the whole narrative of scripture, of God displaying his love and mercy and his plan to redeem and restore his creation. Starting with the tabernacle, this tent, then to the temple, to Jesus himself, and finally us, the church. And so today, as we read about the tabernacle, this, this temporary structure, we know that this is to be the place where God and humanity can be together again. Another display of God's love and his grace. It was created and designed for God's presence to dwell. One of the words used to describe God's presence in the tabernacle, it literally means walking back and forth. The same word that's used to describe God walking in the garden in Genesis 3. Now, when those Israelites had heard that word, that same word, there would have been no doubt what would have been brought to mind. It would have reminded them of Eden, not just the place where God's presence dwelt, but the place where God and humanity were united together. 
Now, later on in scripture, the temple, uh, what replaces the tabernacle, the, the permanent replacement for the tabernacle, it's even more explicit in this connection. It's, it's a decorated full of garden imagery. And so through the project of this tabernacle, this portable uh, mini Eden, God was continuing his mission of renewing all things, including the human heart, maybe especially the human heart, restoring our broken relationship with him so that one day we could be united once again. For the Israelites, it was just a reminder of the, of the great story that they were part of, but also that they were to be the means in which the whole of humanity would come to be part of that story as well. This small group of people carrying with them a, a portable structure, a tent in which they claim carried the presence of the one true God. It was their job to bless the whole world. I wonder what people not part of the Israelite community thought this. They saw this beautiful structure that the Israelites carried with them and said that this was the place where God dwelt. I wonder what they thought of that. Now the gods and the idols of the ancient world, they had physical representations. Yet this, this was different. There was no um, image. There was no statue for them to look at. Instead, there was a place, a home, a tent, a dwelling place for, for a God that they couldn't see. What would people looking in on the Israelite community thought of this? Some may have been just captivated by its, its beauty. Others may have ridiculed the idea of God being in a tent. But from the intricately designed clothing that the priests wore, to the sculpture of the lampstand and all of the things that filled the tent, to the structure and the design of the tent itself, these pieces of work made a statement. God wants to be with humanity. So we have this brief. But any brief, it needs a creative, an artist to complete the work. And we read that Bezalel, the artist, he was full of the spirit of God, with wisdom, with knowledge, understanding and skill, reflecting God's character as the ultimate creative, the master architect. And the work that Bezalel makes, it is full of the presence of God, quite literally, evoking this memory of Eden and the hope of a renewed, restored and redeemed relationship with the one true God. We read through, through the creation story and through this account that not only are creative gifts reflective of God himself, but that God fills an artist with his spirit to make and create. Now, if you are a musician, if you're an artist, a painter, a poet, designer, writer, maker, architect, photographer, or anyone with a calling to create. Just take a moment to grasp the significance of that. And Bezalel, he, he's not the only example we have. Creativity is used throughout scripture to communicate both God's desire and love for us, but also as a way for us to express our love and desire for him. The poetry and music of the Psalms, they invite us to use our imagination. It invites us to use Use it as a way to understand God's heart for us, his plan of redemption and hope. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And throughout Paul's letters, he uses poetry to explain deep theolo the theologically complex realities. And Philippians 2 is a really good example of that. And of course, Jesus himself, through story, 
through language and through metaphor, he uses creativity to show the world who he is and the kingdom he has initiated. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, like treasure hidden in a field. You are the light of the world. It's impossible to remove creativity from scripture. You can't do it. It's part of God's character. And so it's part of his word and as a result, his people. It's used throughout scripture as a way to ignite the imagination, to remind us of the truth of who we are and who he is. Now this just has to be an encouragement for us as we go through both the, the toil, the hard graft, the hard work, but also just the thrill, the excitement of creating. Throughout scripture and through the story of Bezalel, creativity is used to express the incredible truth that God loves and desires to be with his people. And that message hasn't changed. As the story of scripture moves from the garden to the tabernacle, to the temple and to the church, the message stays the same. Most powerfully and beautifully expressed through Jesus himself, God longs to be with his creation, with humanity. And now, God's presence, his spirit, it no longer dwells uh, within the tabernacle or the temple, but in us, in the church. And our collective calling is to bless the world through our presence in it, to proclaim the good news of the gospel, that God's kingdom has come through Jesus and that we now get to play our part in joining with him in renewing the world around us. That there is hope, that there is a time to come where God will ultimately and finally renew all things in a new creation, a new Eden. Now we all carry that call in whatever situation we find ourselves, to replace suffering with flourishing, to replace fear with hope, hate with love, in our homes, in our communities, in the places we work and the wider sectors we are called to. In this city, we are called to participate in that mission. And an indispensable part of that outworking is to the, art is to the artist, to express this reality through the art they create. But how? How do artists and creatives contribute to that calling? How might God want to use us and, the work, and our work today? What's our creative calling? The philosopher Peter Kreeft, he describes three longings in the human soul. The longing for truth, for goodness and for beauty. And then three guides that help us in our search, our reason, our conscience and our imagination. Now, the temptation for us in the church can be that the only way to reach our world is through good arguments, by, by convincing through reason. Now, there's absolutely a place for that. And many of you are so gifted in the, in the way in which you articulate that truth. But it's not the only way. Another is the witness of our lives. If we live good, moral and just lives, that too will act as a witness to the world. And there's definitely a place for that as well. But again, it's not the only way. The third is beauty that guides the imagination. And this is one where there is so much scope for us to explore. It's also the longing and the guide that is, it's probably fair to say the church has, has struggled to know what to do with. And as a result, I think we're missing out on such a big part, both of the story of scripture as we've seen, but also as the way in which we express and use the imagination to satisfy the longing within our world, that longing for beauty. 
One author wrote that beauty plays a key role in awakening and sustaining our longing for what is good, our longing to return home in our spiritual journey. New York pastor and author of The Reason for God, Tim Keller, wrote that the church needs artists because without art, we cannot reach the world. The simple fact is that the imagination gets you even when your reason is completely against the idea of God. Artists and creatives, you have such an important role to play in capturing the imagination, in both reminding followers of Jesus, but also inviting those who aren't uh, yet part of us to the beauty, to the goodness and the truth of Jesus. Now, this can work itself out in so many different ways, from the, the very personal to the very public. Just a few weeks ago, I was uh, lying in bed, just feeling uh, worried and anxious, unable to sleep. I can't, I can't even remember why now. And in our room, we have a, a, a print of Consider the Lilies by an artist called Makoto Fujimara. It's a visual representation of the words of Jesus in Matthew 6 and a reminder for us not to be anxious and to trust in God, whatever our circumstances. Now, you think I would, uh, when I'm feeling anxious or worried, that I'd often look at this print to remind me of that. Uh, it's one of the reasons it's on our wall, but it's just amazing how often I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what prompted me to, to look at it this time, but when I did, just a reminder of Jesus's words that we can trust him, that whatever our circumstances, he is with us. It just made, well, it made a big difference to my sleep that night. Now, that's a very small personal moment to me, but art and creativity can have a far wider, more public effect. On Monday of this week, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the States, a day that marks his birth and the importance of his legacy. And to celebrate that day, one music historian, he tweeted uh, the word, uh, Martin Luther King's words on the power and importance of music during the civil rights movement. King said, jazz speaks for life. Blues tell the story of life's difficulties. And if you think for a moment, you will realize that they take the hardest realities of life and put them into music, only to come out with some new hope or sense of triumph. When life itself offers no order and meaning, the musician creates an order and meaning from the sounds of the earth which flow through his instrument. Long before modern essayists and scholars wrote of racial identity as a problem for a multiracial world, musicians were returning to their roots to affirm that which was stirring within their souls. Much of the power of our freedom movement in the United States has come from this music. It has strengthened us with its sweet rhythms when courage began to fail. It has calmed us with its rich harmonies when spirits were down. Art and creativity has the power to provoke action. It has the power to communicate both the beauty of this world, but also where that beauty is lacking, where, where injustice is prevalent and where the reconciliation, the hope and the power of Jesus is so desperately needed. And as a result, artists and creators have a pivotal role in blessing and serving the world. As one author wrote, artists see, feel and embody the story of our beauty and our suffering, our longing, anger, pain and hope. Bazala did that himself. This passage in Exodus, it occurs within a year of the Israelites leaving Egypt. And that can only mean he developed those skills whilst in slavery, in a hopeless situation. And I just find that pretty remarkable. 
I love the image of Bezalel creating art to sustain his friends and family whilst in Egypt, of creating work that was far smaller in scope than the tabernacle, but still carried this memory of Eden and the hope that not only would God restore all of humanity, but free them from the very real situation that they found themselves in. Now, we don't know if, if he was able to develop those skills uh, as a result of the work he was forced to do or in the precious limited time he had to himself and his community. But his creativity, his capacity to draw out beauty and hope from the world around him, it developed within this incredibly challenging circumstance and this oppressive system that he was a part of. Artists and creative, they often find themselves working against the odds, uh, even today. The culture in which we live can make it kind of difficult for an artist or a creative to, to find their place. We place high value in uh, utility, in things that have a defined use, and it can feel like the art and creativity you make is somehow of less importance. And because our, our culture idolises fame, success and wealth, we're tempted to see that as our creative calling. And now, of course, the creative industries are just taking one of the biggest hits as a result of this pandemic. Don't let your disappointment or the discouragement of this moment devalue your contribution. If your hope is to create full-time and you're finding that transition really tough, or if you're, if you're struggling to find work as a result of the pandemic, don't let that devalue the importance of your creativity. Know that your creativity is an expression of the image of God and your identity comes from him, not from the work you do, important though that is. But not only that, it can also be, be quite hard to find your place within the church. Fujimara in his book, Culture Care, he describes the role of the artist as living on the border. Often the artist is creating work that doesn't fit within a comfortable category. It may not have an explicitly Christian message, but it also doesn't fit within the cultural values of the world either. It can be, it can be quite a lonely place to be, and I've talked to people about that. My hope and prayer is that you will find in us a community that can love you, that can support you and encourage you and see the value of what you create. I'm sure many of us in the, just in the midst of this pandemic have found comfort and hope from the art and creativity, not least of all from scripture itself. And it's just been so just amazing really seeing uh, the people in our community step out in this in creative ways. From the likes of Baz and his brilliant spoken word for our Emmanuel film, where he took us on a journey from the pain of 2020 to the hope we have from the story of Jesus. To then the painting of Hannah Rose Thomas, who through portraiture captures the dignity and beauty of Yazidi women who had escaped ISIS captivity. In our Everything conference last year, we just saw the art take so many different forms, from the likes of Temio and Jake Isaac and Rachel Ango, and some of it um, kind of Christian, explicitly Christian, and some of it not, but each is just a great example of people using their God-given creative talents. As followers of Jesus, we can take inspiration from the project of the tabernacle from the artistry of Bezalel, the poetry and the lyrics of scripture, and the countless examples of history. Firstly, just to enjoy art, whether we see ourselves as creatives or artists or not, just as a way to sustain our own soul, as a way to awaken our imagination and provoke us to action. 
but also to make art that does the very same thing. Artists, not only is the work you create a reflection of the God who created us, it is also one of the ways we inspire the imagination of our culture to the possibility of a God who loves, creates and restores. We are a church just blessed with an abundance of musicians, and painters and poets, designers, writers, makers, architects and photographers and many other creatives. And my encouragement to all of us, firstly, is just to understand the importance they play within our community, to celebrate them, to pray for them, to support them, and if appropriate, invest in their work. And my encouragement to artists, actually my appeal to you, is through the lyrics that you write, the paint that you apply, the words you arrange, the spaces you build, and all the other ways in which you create. Just be filled with the Spirit of God and make art that awakens the longing in all of us to the one who is good, beautiful and true, Jesus, the one in whom we have life and life to the full. So be filled with the Spirit of God and go create. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of creativity. We thank you that you are a creator, God, that all the truth, all the goodness, all the beauty in this world comes from you. And Lord, as we work to reflect that in our world, in our time and in our culture, Lord, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you come by your presence now and just fill all of us, but especially those who are creating art, those who are uh, out there in the world making beautiful pieces of work, would you inspire them? Lord, where they have been discouraged, would you encourage them? Lord, where they have felt alone, would you bring people alongside them? And would you give them opportunities, Lord Jesus? Would you give them the opportunity to inspire the imagination to who you are, to the values of your kingdom? We thank you so much just for the honour it is to be in a community full of such creative and talented people. And we just thank you for them and we bless them in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.